Hello and welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark, podcast for the politically aware brought to you by the Alliance Party. Content for this episode is recorded Sunday, December 20th, 2020. And a good evening to everyone out there. I'm Greg from Philly, your host for this evening. Today we're talking with Tim Cotton, the Alliance Party's political, national political director. As 2020 slides into the rearview mirror of our lives, we look forward to a new year with brighter prospects, not only for our nation, but for our party as well, and hopefully for everyone out there listening. The Alliance Party made a splash in 2020. We actually ran a candidate for president that appeared on ballots in 15 states, collecting a total of 87,935 votes. That is pretty impressive, especially considering that due to our electoral system, Biden ultimately won over Trump by just half that amount. With our two big political parties tied in knots by warring factions living in the extreme wings of their own parties, the time is now for the Alliance Party to establish itself in that coveted middle ground where really a large majority of America resides. But nothing in politics is simply handed out. Politicians and parties alike need to work really hard to gain influence and traction with voters. Our nation is as polarized as ever, and it's going to take a Herculean effort to pull everyone together and move in the same direction. I think most people in the Alliance Party would agree that this is not an impossible task. We are, after all, an optimistic lot. We believe in America. We believe in democracy. We believe that every citizen should be heard, no matter how divergent the views. It just takes a commitment to our values combined with a dose of humility. The strength of our beliefs is strongly rooted in our faith in this nation. The challenges of 2020 prove that the Alliance Party has what it takes to go the distance, So as we now step into 2021, we do so with confidence and a sense of purpose. But how does that translate into action? That's what Tim Cotton will help us understand. Tim has been working with the top levels of the party over the weeks since the election. We're trying to formulate our action plan for 2021. Tim, welcome back to the Alliance Party After Dark, and thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's great. Jim, you are the national... Uh, political director for the Alliance Party, and we've had some major shakeups in the party's leadership. Uh, I think the big news that we're going to drop in the show, if anyone hasn't already heard it, is that Jim Rex is leaving the national chair on December 31st, and he's been a tremendous boon to our party, and we'd like to thank him for his service, and we look forward to his advice in the future, but I think it'd be fair to, to take this opportunity. It being the last show of the year and, you know, such a major transition point as we're going into 2021. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about Jim's impact on the party and, you know, what this might mean for us going forward? Jim's uh, leadership has been phenomenal and it's been a key reason for us being where we are. Um, Jim has just been a calming force and sometimes when it was a storm, and he's, he's just been bringing people together with a vision of where we need to be. And that's so important for a leader to be able to do that. And then to be able to get people to get on board with that vision so that everybody's going in the same direction. And, and that's, that was a, a huge strength of Jim's. Jim has a lot of, of experience in politics, having served in a, a statewide office in South Carolina. So he's seen a lot of the stuff, knows what goes on behind the scenes. And, and as far as laying out who we are and what we should look like and where are we going. Jim has laid those things out for us and that brought us to where we were. That's why we were able to get involved in a presidential campaign, which was a big leap 
and a, a leap of faith even for Absolutely. a small party like ourselves. So to be able to even get into that stage and end up ranked as the top number five, just the fifth top party in the country out of that is is just speaks volumes. And uh, um, Jim has just been a great, and he'll continue to help us in every way. He's just been there to show us what direction we need to go, what is important. You know, Jim has an expression that'll stay with us forever, that we, we always need to, to uh, be sure that we don't become that which we're seeking to replace. And he's always had that measurement when we're looking at something we're going to do in, you know, are we becoming what we don't want to be? And we, if we are, then maybe we should look again at what we're doing and we may be heading down the wrong road. So those, those are barometers that has set the pace and the tone for everything that we are. And as, as, uh, you know, as we move to the next chapter, we're very fortunate to have Darcy Richardson to be coming in to you know, take the baton, so to speak, from Jim and, and move us in a forward position. Tell us a little bit more about Darcy Richardson. Uh, what's his background? What does he bring to the table for this? Well, the latest uh, background is Darcy Richardson was nominated by the Alliance Party to be the vice presidential candidate on the ticket with uh, Rocky De La Fuente. And, uh, you know, that was a tremendous amount of work and a big uh, learning curve for all of us. Um, but he brings to the table uh, a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. He's run for governor in the uh, state of Florida with the Reform Party. He has uh, written books on the history of third parties and the history of American politics as a a wealth of information and he, he's well connected. He knows a lot of people and a lot of people know him and he, he continues with the vision that Jim has. So we're not really gonna miss a beat there. We're gonna keep moving forward. Um, we're gonna be in very good shape. And on top of all that, he's just a very personable guy, you know, highly intellectual, but very personal at the same time. And, and that's an important quality for a leader to have in a national party. And we're very excited to uh, uh, have Darcy stepping into that role. Absolutely. Now, with that wealth of knowledge, with this fresh perspective coming in, there's also, you know, not just, the, the time of political change is not just happening in the Alliance Party. This is also national. We've had a new president, um, President-elect Biden. We're going to have potentially a changeover in leadership in Congress. We've had some states realign their politics and some states have come pretty close to realigning their politics, but it's still that, that two-party gridlock. We, we expect that to continue <laughs> pretty much indefinitely. Uh, let's talk about the Alliance Party's goals in 2021. Darcy steps in as our national chair. We have these, this new political landscape, which may give us new political opportunities. What are the top five things we're looking to do next year? 2021 is going to be a big year. It's uh, for the most part, aside from New Jersey and Virginia, um, there's not a lot of electoral stuff going on. So for us, it's a good year for us to work on our infrastructure. Um, first and foremost, it's going to be predicated on the belief in the American people and, and then to be able to get them to believe in themselves. And you know, for us as a nation, where um, just walking into Starbucks when they ask me what I want, I'm overwhelmed with the different choices I have. And, and for us to say that just two choices in politics is just un-American. And, and I think we need to teach people that, you know, we deserve 
more than two choices, more than three choices. We deserve to be able to, you know, have a party that fits our needs, not us trying to fit into what they're going to do. And I find us appreciating that. So that's first and foremost, there's a bit of an education out there and to get the American people to believe in themselves that we can take it back and we can make it work better. Um, right now it's been hijacked by two parties that work together to have the system work for them. And um, that's just not what we're about. So predicating on that, like jumping from there, one of the, the biggest things is, is we need to foster our affiliate, our state affiliate programs. Um, first and foremost, all politics is local and we, we need to be in the streets, so to speak. We need to be um, in Main Street and in the, in the neighborhoods. We need, to be, we need to be seen there. And in order to do that, we got to build our affiliates from the, from the bottom up, not from the top down. So the very first thing we need to do is we, do, we need to take the affiliates that we have and strengthen them and prepare them for 2022. So there's a lot of, a lot of different things uh, that are involved in that. One was we kind of kind of rebooted, you know, kind of ground zero. We went through and look, looked at the affiliate system and made some changes because one is they're all in different places. And sometimes it's because of the chair's ability, the chair's timing, or the or this how hard the state has made it. Um, will have a lot to do with that. What we've done is we've divided them into three different tiers and we're calling the first tier probationary. And those, those are gonna be the states that have you know an officer or two and they're building the general uh, um, structure, the shell, mm -hmm. so to speak, of what they're going to, to move from there. Then from there, as they meet those, they'll become sustained. And that's where a uh, sustained state's going to have a full set of officers, bank account, a website, um, they'll be conducting their meetings, have some sort of a, a plan. And the ultimate would be what we've, we've dubbed uh, protocol states, which are basically a self-sufficient state that you know, they've got their officers, they're recruiting their candidates and we're more of a support system than a, than a building system. So that's really the first goal is to get our affiliate system up and running because we need to be and then from there, breaking out into counties and towns. And because it makes such a difference when, you know, Joe, the owner of the local hardware store is the chair of the Alliance party in my town. And I've known this guy for years because now all of a sudden I want to know. So Joe, tell me what's going on with this Alliance party. That's so much different than just seeing a website and going, oh, let me see what's going on. Here. So politics is about people and, and it's gotten lost in there. It's not about people anymore. And we need to bring it back and make it about people. I think uh, on a in a practical way, a lot of local elections and you know, the the field can be wide open with, you know, people potentially running unopposed, even if they're unpopular, or uh, a wide field of of candidates that goes beyond just the the two parties. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for the Alliance Party to grow and actually get some people in government. Yes, without a doubt, I believe that's true as well. Let's talk a little bit more about local and state politics. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine this will be different for each level of the affiliate program that you talked about, but in general, what could listeners expect from local alliance party apparatus? Um, what kind of actions would we be taking, policies we might pursue? Is there uh, some national 
things that all these groups will be doing, or is it really all local? Well, be, it'll be done at every level. It'll be you know, the National Party will be doing stuff, the state level will be working. So, so everybody will be working together. Um, the closer it gets to the people, the more things we'll be dealing with that they're dealing with. Um, all of what we're doing will be predicated on our core values. And that is um, you know, bringing some, some integrity to politics. And you know, we all know that at local levels, it's not always that way. We have some good old boy networks and, and you know, at the smallest of levels, we can find corruption and we can find just where power plays are being made. So I think even at, at town council, even school board levels, just bringing a different approach to politics that says that you know we can find a way that you know your way may not be right and their way may not be right and you know maybe there's a third way or a fourth way even but mm. you know let's let's use science so to speak and logic and you know what what really worked best not what is best for your party or your party what is the best solution and I think just that pragmatic approach to politics will filter down at every level that that we can be. You know, we can be known as you know when 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 people see an alliance party candidate that's what you can expect that you can expect that and you can expect that they're going to to deal with people in a different way that we're going to see each other as as uh, respecting one another and having the ability to appreciate someone else's opinion even if we disagree and that's right. something that's very lost and yeah. you know and our candidates even sign an agreement that this is the way they're going to operate and our, our state chairs have signed agreements and and it's just a different approach to politics not not even as much as it might be might not be a a crazy policy change in your local town or in your local city but it will be a, a massive different approach to how we do government i think there's a huge portion of this country that is going to see that as a breath of fresh air and i think that's where we'll get a lot of our support yeah, I believe so as well. I think people are trying for it. What are some challenges to the strategy? Um, you know, as we go into 2021, we're still facing a lot of the same structural restrictions as we had before. Uh, and there, there may be new challenges going forward. I mean, the, the virus uh, definitely impacted things like collecting signatures and, and other procedural steps that third parties really rely on to get exposure. Uh, what are the which of these challenges are still going to be pressing for us, and do you see any new challenges that might be emerging next year? Well, I think um, COVID, I think, is going to play a part in everything. I mean, as I said, politics is about people, and COVID just interferes with the relationship with with people, and it's just changed how we interact with each other. So that's going to be an obstacle. The other obstacle is the two parties that have made the rules to maintain a two party system. So. Um, you know, some states, it's nearly impossible to break that. But you, so you will always be looking for other ways. Like, um, you know, sometimes it's just going to have to be done by petition. And but COVID is going to make that difficult too. So, you know, getting signatures. So the obstacles, there's going to be, there's legal obstacles that have been placed before us. And there are um, COVID restrictions that lay there before us. And I think um, I think one of the things uh, America has to guard from is complacency. You know, everybody has been so um, hyped up before, of, uh, you know, there was like a war between the people. 
you know, between uh, are you for Trump? Are you against Trump? Are you an anti-masker? Are you a masker? You know, I think people have been so fired up for so long that I think that um, when Joe Biden takes over, um, it may be easy for people to just kind of sit back and go, ah, it's over. But it's not over. It's just different. And, and that's one of our, our challenges is to show that, you know, going from neoconservatism, fascism to neoliberalism isn't necessarily um, all that great. It's, it may be better today, but in four years, we'll be, we'll be in the same position of saying, we got to get this guy out. <laughs> so, because the approach isn't going to change, but the complacency of people saying, oh, things are better now might make it harder for us to say, well, we need to make some changes where before you could get a certain audience you know behind you and go oh yeah things are really crazy and so complacency is going to be not just for a party i think for america itself uh, complacency in it's seeming to be a little bit more peaceful is going to be something we're gonna to have to guard ourselves against because we're still dealing with the duopoly you know? yeah and and okay yeah so if biden's not trump then he's still biden yeah and uh i mean if if there is any silver lining to the Trump presidency, I think it highlighted a lot of weaknesses in our system and the dangers of us being so hyper-partisan. You know, now that, like you said, oh, well, Biden isn't Trump, hopefully people will not forget about that. And we will see some, some reforms and, you know, you would like to be optimistic and hope there's a commitment to to kind of walking back from the brink of that hyper-partisanship, but it's going to take work either way. And I think the Alliance Party needs to be part of that. But going back to, uh, going back to what you mentioned about the virus, I think there's a really big impact that it may have on our party, which is how is it going to affect our convention this year? Will we have an in-person convention? Will it be virtual? Do you have any idea on the time? Uh, well, the preference is, is to have it in person because it's just it's just you know one of the reasons for having the convention is for bringing people together. It's not a year where we're having an election of officers that'll happen in twenty twenty three. Um, so there isn't that going on. The other stuff items going on, which I don't know right now what they'll be. But the whole idea of the convention is to bring people together. So that is our preference is to have an in 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 person conference that, that doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon so i personally would be in favor of, of holding it off until we could do it there isn't any real reason for us to rush to do it in a in a presidential election year that could happen because you need to nominate somebody and leave enough time for them to be able to get on the ballot but this year i don't think we were really backed up against the wall plus we've got you know big changes happening at the top um which you know we gotta let those kind of settle in and, and start running its course before we do that. So the ultimate goal is to have an in-person convention, but that will be dictated by COVID, unfortunately. I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, I mean, every aspect of American life has been, has been impacted by this virus. Yeah. Uh, it's important to keep that perspective. Uh, we also touched on how the virus might or has impacted really last year, the ability for us to get on the ballot in some states, just making that whole process more difficult. Do we have a strategy to main to increase our ballot access, hopefully to all 50 states in time for the next midterms? 
What's our two-year plan? Well, 50 states is not really doable because many states have a requirement that you run a presidential candidate or a gubernatorial candidate and, and achieve a certain percentage before you can be have ballot access. Um, the thing is, is um, let me preface with this. Everybody has ballot access. It's ballot qualification that uh, is what we're really looking for. Anybody can get on the ballot if you have the, the money and the wherewithal to do it. <laughs> so everybody can get on. Um, the idea is to be able to get on without petitioning, and that would be ballot qualification. Um, where that's really what we want to get, but we won't be able to get that just legally to get all 50 states. So it doesn't mean we won't be on the ballot in 50 states, but to have ballot qualification in 50 states is just not, not possible. We will be striving to be, to gain that recognition in every state that will allow it. Some states are, are very difficult. Some are not so bad. We, you know, we picked up um, two new ballot qualified states from the election in, in our growth spurt, because you know, we added Delaware and we added Mississippi to our affiliates who, who are, you know, they have ballot qualification. And, um, you know, the Independence Party of New York has just become the New York affiliate that comes to us with, they, you know, they have some things they have to do to, to meet it, but they have a reasonable expectation that they'll have it. So everywhere we can get it, we will get it. Um, but getting all 50, that's just not, it's not even a question of not being, we won't be able to, it's just not possible. That's, that's extremely challenging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it sounds like you need to have a get on the ballot strategy and a presidential candidate strategy to complete the get on the ballot strategy. If we really want to be a, an all 50 state party, which I'm sure that we do. Yeah, it's like, you know, because, because you know, some of the states you won't get on because what you're doing really is you're getting your presidential candidate on the ballot. Mm -hmm. what you're doing. So you have to have that candidate who is who is getting the petition done with, you know, like we, we did with Rocky last year. But, you know, last year, they, that was that was a, a very uphill battle. You know, we had so many states where we just couldn't couldn't get it done. You know, New York passed a law that you couldn't petition. How, you, you, how do you get on the ballot? Mm -hmm. You, you weren't allowed to petition it under any circumstances. So, you know, that, that took New York off the table for us completely. It was not possible to do. Uh, you know, other states, you know, where, where you might be able to do it in a matter of weeks took a matter of months, you know, because you, you waited for restrictions to be left and then you had to do it in ways where you couldn't, there, was, there wasn't any large groups <laughs> to be able to go to and, and go like, well, we can get half the people here, you know. <laughs> Right. Groups there were any you couldn't go to a farmers market and, and get signatures or a concert or a, or anything. So that was a major uh, battle. Um, the fact that we were on in fifteen states is phenomenal for a first year party and the, and the battles we went through because yeah we were in a lot of other states trying and it just wasn't wasn't doable. And the worst is you know you need you need five thousand signatures and. You, know, you went through all that work and money to get three thousand and fell and fell short. You know, so hopefully that that's not going to be an issue as we move forward. But so there'll be places where we have ballot qualification, like South Carolina comes to mind first, where they just basically have a convention and they nominate their candidate, and that's that's all we really have to do in those states. In certain other states, same way, 
Other states have lesser um, requirements, but some are, you've got to go out and you've got to get for your particular candidate, 10, maybe 20,000 signatures. So you have to have time to do that. But, you know, so you may be able to get on the, on the ballot, that's it. That's why I said you could be on the ballot in 50 states, but you may not be ballot qualified mm. to get on without a petition in, in 50 states. Well, I mean, I, I've got to ask a follow-up as well, and it might be a little too early for you to answer. If it is, don't worry about it. But based on our experience with running a presidential presidential candidate this cycle, is that something we plan to do again in 2024 or 2028? I don't see why why we wouldn't do that. I mean, we've already gotten our feet wet, and and ultimately, um, that's what a national party does. You know, because the national party doesn't nominate any other candidate except president and vice president, the state uh, will nominate all, all the other candidates, local committees will nominate that. So the only candidate that a national party nominates is president and vice president. So I I would, yeah, I can't say for any certainty, but I would expect that um, in building our state structure that one of the expectations and goals that are in mind in building this is to be able to um, have an even better showing in a presidential race in 2024. Congress is a big thing we're looking at in 2022 and state houses too. Oh, excellent, excellent. Because because you know there, there's what we, we call the fulcrum effect mm -hmm. is you know, you know people always come to us and they say, well, you'll, you'll never win, you'll never win the majority. And I'm like, well, we don't have to win the majority because they need a majority to vote. So if we, if we have a, a, a state where one seat separates the, the two parties in majority and we go in there and win a seat or two seats neither one of them has a majority anymore so they can, neither one can pass anything without our representatives being involved so that creates a scenario where you know one party brings a bill that the other party doesn't like which is kind of how we do politics in america anymore <laughs> and our people would be in a position to say well we're not going to sign on with you so you don't have a majority. But if you bring me something that they can live with, we can talk. So you can win two seats in a state like that and completely change the dynamics of that state. And even if, honestly, even if there was overwhelming control for one party or another, you know, winning is winning. Winning is good. <laughs> you know, right. showing that we can put candidates into office, I think is, oh, that, that, yeah. that's huge. And just having us there also boosts name recognition statewide and across the nation. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk brass tacks on fundraising. Obviously all of this takes money. We've got to fund volunteers. We've got to pay fees. We've got to advertise, um, what is our fundraising strategy for the next cycle? And I don't know if you have any thoughts on like a long-term vision for that, but I would love to hear your thoughts. A, a, a real fundraising strategy hasn't been developed. And a lot of that is mostly because we're waiting for, for Darcy to, to take office because that's going to be something that he'll be uh, laying out. So we really haven't put that on the table as yet, but obviously it's going to have to be a priority. And, um, and I think that it's just going to be a matter, uh, personally, I see it as just getting people to make the investment. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be people giving their life savings to us. It can be just, you know, any kind of a recurring donation just keeps the flow coming in. 
you know, we just recently we started a, uh, you know, donate one cup of coffee this week for, to us, you know, so we, we figured that to be $20 a month, you know, $5 a week for coffee. And, you know, if you get enough people doing that, we can fund ourselves um, at the cost of people sacrificing a cup of coffee per week because we don't have the high dollar needs that a political party, because, you know, much, much of politics is driven by the vendors. Um, the, the people who want to do the polls, the people that are spending a lot of money on, on many different things that we can do, find other ways to do that. So we don't need the money that that the other parties do, but that doesn't mean we don't need money. It still costs, you know, we're going to run a real good race for, for office. You got to have money. And to be able to get people who can run, you, you have to be known. You know, we have to let people know we have we have answers to what you're talking about. Those things that you're sitting and talking about at work and saying what needs to change, we're, we're working on those things for you. But if nobody knows about it, it's like you know, if I have a cure for cancer, but I don't have any way of marketing it, it doesn't really matter because nobody's going to know I have it. And that's where we're at now is is we really do have the answers. All the answers, no, but we have but we have the willingness to understand that there are answers, and and, and to be willing to seek them. And having people know that is where it's going to be our biggest obstacle uh, right now because people just don't know about us. Word of mouth, that, that's a hard thing because there's so much information that comes to an average person in the course of a day through Facebook, Twitter, websites, that there's just so much for people to read through. Um, so we have to have something. And this is where the local... Uh, the local politics starts to come in. It starts getting closer. When you, when you, when you have a table at, at a local fair and you're handing out brochures, um, um, one of the things we can be doing is in states where we have to get petitions, um, that's, a, that's a good conversation starter to just be out. You know, even if you've got an astronomical amount of signatures to get that you don't believe you'll be able to get in a reasonable amount of time, just the action of getting those signatures it's a conversation started you know, because people will ask you, so what is the Alliance Party? And then if you have a brochure or, or um, what I find works even better than brochures is just a card, like a business card that has the website on it for people to go, you know, whether it be the state website or the, the national. So, so we've got to do things that aren't, isn't going to cost a lot of money, but fundraising has to be a priority because marketing, you know, it's in the end, it's just marketing. And um, nobody draws a salary in the Alliance Party at any level. So, so that helps us as well. Everybody's doing this on a volunteer basis. So we're not spending any money on, on staffing. But it does cost money for printing. It costs money for advertising. You know, even Facebook posts, um, if, you, if you want to boost them, cost money. And that adds up after a while when you're talking about doing it nationally or, or at least in large Area. So, yes, I don't know what the plan is of yet because we haven't really made a plan, but it has to be a priority to have that plan. Well, as soon as we do have a plan, I'm sure that you'll be hearing about it here on Alliance Party After Dark because that is an extremely important topic that is going to empower and, and amplify all the efforts everyone out there is doing to increase awareness of the Alliance Party and increase the influence of the Alliance Party. And speaking of, Tim, what can our listeners do to get more involved? What sort of skills are we looking for? How would they go about it? 
if they're looking to get more involved with the party in 2021 going forward, walk them through how they do it. What do we need? How do we need it? Well, at, at one level, we need leaders. We need to fill out leaders. We need, um, you know, some states need need uh, uh, stately uh, officers um, to be able to function. And and each of those states, even when they have those, needs a local person um, to be a the local rep in your county, in your town, in your congressional district, to be, you know, that you'd be the voice of the Alliance Party in that particular area. Now, that isn't for everybody to be a leader of that kind, but spreading the word in any way that you can, whether it be letters to the editor, um, um, obviously donating is something that that is huge that we need but um j just um you know one of the things that that's really simple actually that that helps tremendously is um to um like and follow our stuff and share it on facebook and twitter because that gives us access to an audience we don't have because if someone shares our post then that goes on their page and it's shown to them and then someone there may see it and it just kind of expands outward so it gives us more exposure that we don't have so that's something that's very easy for people to do just go to our facebook page and our twitter page you can find those through our website at www.thealliancepartycom and that that by all by itself that's a tremendous way of spreading the word and then start telling everybody you know that you know what there's hope out there that that there is a party that that everybody can get involved in and, and um, have worked with politics for a very long time. Sometimes somebody who wants to run for office or get involved in politics can't really break into it because there's already people doing it. They all know each other. They have expectations. You know, you're just a newcomer. And um, but we're, we're the opposite. We're inviting people come to us and we'll build the party around you. And, you know, because the party is the people and each state may look different because the people that are in that state are different um, than they might be in another state or maybe in another county or even another town so it becomes it takes on the personality of the people that are running it so so there isn't any set template of us saying well you don't really fit into what we're looking for with our party it's like everybody fits in if you're an american who wants a better future you fit into the alliance party and that's that's really all. You know, if you think that we that we should be able to speak respectfully to each other and uh, and 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 appreciate everybody as a fellow American, whether we agree or not, then you are an ally of the American people, and that's what the Alliance Party is. So everybody out there can fit into that category. There's something to do for everybody. You know, every state needs people to help with social media, people to help with databases, people to just you know, whatever talent you have. And then far often too many people feel they don't have anything to bring to the table, but you'd be surprised. Um, it's it's a rare occasion. In fact, I'm, I can't really think of any time when there wasn't something that somebody could do. So just come to it as you are with what you have and we'll build a party around you. And how should they reach out? The best way to reach out is to sign up as a volunteer on the website. Just just uh, click on get involved when you get on the website and there'll be a form there to just fill it out and we'll we'll steer you in the right direction of the uh, of uh, where you need to be and who to who to contact. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Tim. Thank you. 
We've been talking with Tim Cotton, the National Political Director for the Alliance Party. Tim, as always, it was a pleasure. And we want to thank you for stopping by and giving us your time this evening. And thank you, everyone out there, for tuning into the Alliance Party After Dark podcast. Consider subscribing, especially if this is your first time listening to us. You don't want to miss any episodes. Each week, we'll bring you interesting topics from the Alliance Party. And you can find us on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. Also, keep in mind, the podcast has a Twitter page, at Alliance On Air, as Tim mentioned, retweeting our stuff and giving us likes and giving us replies. That helps us tremendously. Uh, if you have any questions for future topics or people that you might want to see interviewed here on the show, drop us an email at podcast at com. This podcast is a production of the Alliance Party, a decades-long movement of fiscally conservative, moderate, accountable, and reasoned independents, former Democrats, former Republicans, and alienated voters of all stripes who demand that our elected officials work in the spirit of nonpartisanship for all constituents, provide a better future for our country. All the content for this podcast is copyrighted to the Alliance Party, but the views expressed on the show are, do not necessarily reflect those of the Alliance Party. This podcast was made possible by your donations and support. If you'd like to join us, visit the website. That's theallianceparty.com. Drop in, see what we're all about. As Tim mentioned, you can get involved, volunteer your time, make donations. Uh, we're also looking for articles and blogs, candidates to run for office. Whatever your level of interest, we would love to hear from you. Once again, I'm Greg from Philadelphia, your host for this evening for Alliance Party After Dark. And on behalf of everyone here at the show and at the Alliance Party, have a wonderful evening, a great week ahead, and we hope to hear you on our next show. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone out there. Be safe this holiday season. Be aware. Take care of yourself, your family, and everyone around you.